All right. Is your mic on? No, of course your mic's not on. I'm controlling it. Now it's way booming. There you go. I wanted the show just to be about me, lightning. Oh, my God. It's lightning and Holman. No, that's fine. It's lightning and Holman. That's fine. There's a reason that we put your name first on the thing. I am just, I am worthless. It's lightning and Holman. Oh, I screwed it up. Hold on, let me try it again. That was not good. Try it again. Lightning and Holman. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. No, I think what it is is it's lightning and Holman. <laughs> no, is that, no, no. Do we have applause? I think we need to have an applause. See, that's uh, the problem is you control you control all the fun sound effects, so I've got nothing. Uh, when I'm really uh, when I'm really funny like normal, I Oh my gosh, lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, we're, we're still laughing. No, 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 no. We're going to the jury? I'm not going to spoil all of my new sound effects. I'm very proud of them over here. I know. you got. There's like a whole bunch of rainbow tiles on your uh, on your laptop. I'm assuming each one of those buttons is- uh, Don't look over cool. here. No, it's- Avert your eyes from the, from the majesty that is my laptop. All right. Here. How about I stare at our brand new truck show podcast signs? Because right now, you know where we're at? Our brand new- Studio. Yeah. <laughs> we have a podcast studio. We wow. We literally spent the last week <laughs> meeting here several days- uh, hooking things up, realizing we didn't have the right things, didn't have the right cables. We moved an old, I think it's a casting couch in here. Can't vouch for it. It's gross. I like our artwork on the walls. No yeah. one can see that, of course, but it's no. the, uh, I really got to give um, the gentleman, the artist at- uh, Mark Snyder. Mark Snyder. Yep. Our director for Diesel Power Magazine. That's what I was going for, right. And he did our logo here, which you'll see up on uh, iTunes and Google Play. It's the headphone logo around the truck, uh, the truck Show podcast text. And I- Looks really good. I got a lot of compliments on our logo. Not that people really care about, you know, yeah, no, what I've, our logo looks like, but I'm proud. You I've, know? Gotten a, I've gotten a ton of compliments, and uh, and to Mark's credit, a lot of people are asking who designed it. So that's a uh, shout-out to Mar- uh, Mark Snyder, uh, art director for Diesel Power Magazine. So. Yes. And so your, I think the studio has elevated your... Um, your your enthusiasm for the day because when you walked yes. in here you were a little sour. Yeah, what, I was what a happened? Sour. Uh, yeah, Holman was not looking too uh, uh, too happy. What happened? It, it's it's sort of like bittersweet, right? We got this studio set up and that's been like our whole thing. And I was really happy about that because this is our first show in the new studio. But I had to go to the DMV. Dude, the DMV <laughs> sucks. That's all you had to say at the DMV. I wouldn't uh, even ask you. Like I, now I don't even need a backstory. Oh my god, I, uh. I posted on my personal Facebook page and. Uh, and, hey, I'm at the DMVs. Of course, all your friends pile on and stuff. We have friends across the nation, and they're like, well, the California DMV is worse than all of them. And I'm like, no doubt. So, basically, for those of you who know about the Real ID Act, you're supposed to get your new license to fly and buy ammo and guns and do all the things you cool things you do with your ID. Well, California allows illegal immigrants or uh, transient uh, you know, visitors, I guess is what they call them here. Transient visitors. Uh, to uh, allow to drive. So, they give you a standard driver's license now that's not... Uh, okay in the federal eyes, so it has it says federal restrictions on it. So me, as a U.S. citizen and a, a resident of California, uh, did not get the California ID. I got the restricted ID after waiting for two hours because nobody told me I had to ask specifically for the real oh, ID. Oh, no. So now I get to go back. No. I get to go back to the DMV for two hours and get the right ID so I can fly on I mean... Uh, it's it's okay because they extended it. I don't need it tomorrow, but I can't buy ammo. I can't buy guns. I can't get on the airplane. Uh, oh, it's horrible. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm sour about the DMV. I would love for uh, any anyone to hit us up on our Facebook at Truck Show Podcast or uh, Gmail, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your DMV stories because I think everybody has a DMV story, right? I don't know. I have to say that the last time I was at the DMV, I got my license renewed, and it went so fast, dude. I had an appointment, I and I whisked right through. I was, went to the Long Beach location, which normally has an absurd line. The line is stupid. Yeah, it, stood, it wraps I, around the building. I but know. I was in it. 
Yeah, I uh, I was happy about it. Like I was, I left and I was in and out in under forty five minutes. Wow, true story. You know, somebody in Idaho right now is going forty five minutes. I'm in and out <laughs> in like a minute, right? What about like Arizona? Because I used oh, they're to register awesome. Some stuff and best. It's not DMV called the DMV ever. though. It's not the DMV no. though. What is it? It's the oh, it's not the. It's like the. Uh, it's not Department of Motor Vehicles. It's like the management of being able to drive or it's I mean, it's some, some weird yeah, acronym that yeah. I can never remember. And and yet you walk in. And they're like waiting for you. They're like, "Can we help you?" It's like faster than McDonald's. Oh, in dude, and out. Every, so, everything so there wonderful. is just so much better than than here. I mean, I, I I love the weather. Born and raised here. It's Motor Vehicle Services in motor Arizona. Motor Vehicle Service MVS MVD MVD. But they I don't motor, know. Motor Vehicle Department. I guess of course, it says yes. services on their website, but MVD in their description. Right. Who knows? They don't even know what's going right, on. Right, right, right. It's the DMV. I feel like we have a, a pretty good truck show podcast lined up today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think we've got people based who, based on what I'm seeing on these notes right here yeah. that we have some good people. Guest number one, guest number two, guest number three. That's three. That's three That's guests. Good, yeah. Should we start the show? What? Yeah, okay. All right. The truck show. We're gonna show you what we know. I was a horrible. Like I feel we were. Were we not no. excited about? No, it? I like. I thought it would be funny that we just said guest one, two, and three. Yeah. It fall. It fell on its face. It did. No. Uh, Shane Cassad from uh, Bill Stein, Brad Tabor, founder of Bump Nation, and Fred Williams, co-host of Dirt Every Day. That's a pretty solid lineup. I light feel up. better about it. All right, let's go. We're gonna answer what the truck, cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything. In We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. It's the truck show. It's the what? Your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Hey, that's us. It is. (laughs) Right on. That never gets old. Uh, you know what? It's funnier. The more I hear that, it's in my head. I wake up in the middle of the night singing the truck show. No, you wait, you, you're waking up in the middle of the night in cold sweats. You're like, yeah. God, there's got to be another episode around the corner. I can't I believe that yes. we're doing this. So before I uh, tease the guests, because we have some really good guests coming up, I wanted to say, like, give a really heartfelt thank you to the people who have been giving us really good reviews on iTunes and Google Play. I think you have a couple of them, right? Like, this is, we've only been on... This podcast is only a what a week, a week and a half. Old. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean we're brand new, but we have a, quite a few five star reviews, which is really I, I'm honored. So thank you. Uh, Can you I'm read it over there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've got 25 star reviews after our first week, which is awesome. Um, I think only two of them were my mom, and if you figure <laughs> one of right. them was your mom, that's three. So there's some. I know that my mom doesn't listen, nor does my wife. Oh. So those are, you can exclude can, those. Can you grab their phone and give us an additional review? I, I mean, I, I don't feel I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's a slimy right. move. No. So, so legitimately, we have at least like 18 uh, solid reviews, but. but uh, <laughs> Five. You really you weren't kidding about your mom. Or yeah, something. yeah, well, oh, yeah, that's cheese ball. Okay, no, go it ahead. was my birthday last week. I asked for a birthday present. I said, just give me five stars, right? <laughs> so we have 25 star reviews on uh, on the podcast app on iTunes, which is awesome. And uh, we've got four people left reviews, which which seriously, you said heartfelt. This is a big deal for us because we just kind of went into this like, hey, let's do it, and people responding, you know, overwhelmingly positive. Um, in fact, I was looking at the stats. We're in nine countries right now. What? Nine, nine countries. Yeah. So Australia. Okay. Russia. Okay. Um, Finland. Yeah. Norway. No English Canada. There. I mean, South Africa. Pretty yeah. cool. We're, so we're literally being heard all over the world. And uh, DS2 Mark wrote, "Can't wait for more episodes." Five stars. Uh, Safari Mobile episode one rocks. Can't wait for the next show. 
Five stars. All right, so then a uh, 5K from Hawaii wrote, and this this blew me away. It was so awesome to read. Now, I, I wonder though, before you read that, yeah. 5K is he a runner? I'm guessing a runner, right? Is he like just baller? I'm all maybe, yeah, maybe he has. But then 5K would be low because that yeah, right. It's not a baller. Brand, no. He's got to be a runner. Yeah, he's got to be a runner, right? Okay, so <laughs> whoever he is, I like him though. So yeah. check this out. Gotta love this refreshing new take on getting the latest word in the world of trucks. Lightning and Holman are great, and they're bringing live interviews that you're not going to get anywhere else. What surprises await in the next episode? I guess we'll just have to wait. To hear. In the meantime, I enjoyed the first episode twice. Once on a plane flight, the second in the garage with my brother-in-law while, listen, while installing a new light bar behind the front fascia of his Tacoma. What better time to listen to the truck show? It's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Oh, very oh, good. Yeah. Very, I appreciate what you that. did there. <laughs> and then uh, Brett from 303 wrote, funny show, silly segment, terrible in the best way theme song. Uh, theme song. <laughs> Five stars. Yes. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, the production is, we we could be all, you know, have these serious production, but uh, I, some levity. We're just having some, fun. Just having fun, dude. Just having dude, fun. We're everyday truck guys like the people listening. We're just your normal, you know, there's nothing special. We just happen to have put a podcast together <laughs> and found some spare time to talk so to you So we got it. some great guests coming up on the podcast today. So Shane Kassad from Bill Stein. Uh, Brad Tabor, founder of Bump Nation, and you're all about the uh, oh, yeah. Ford F100, the bump, uh, bump, bump sides. sides. Yep. Yep. And then Fred Williams, who I really am excited to talk about, yeah. co-host of Dirt Every Day, who's he's a maniac, Dude, a freaking crazy. maniac. So Dirt Every Day is a uh, original show on the uh, Motor, Motor Trend. Trend on demand. Correct on the app. Yeah. Now, now they're just calling it Motor Trend. Drop the on demand, so it'll be all branded Motor Trend. But yeah, so you can go to the uh, streaming app. You can download that, uh, and then you know Roadkill. Some guys may be familiar with a um, ton of different shows we have, but Dirt Every Day is one of our anchors, and that's the off-road and truck show. So, gotcha. So I'm, uh, I, I want, I've got a, a lot of questions about his four-wheel drive Winnebago. Oh, dude, did you yeah, see that? Yeah, yes, I did. We'll, we'll hold that. <laughs> okay. We'll hold that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. It's awesome. Right. Hello, guy. Guy. What up, dude? <laughs> hey, it's uh, Lightning and Holman for the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good, 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 right. good. So we've got Shane Cassad on the phone from Bill Stein, segment product manager, light truck and off-road baller. That's a big title. The more <laughs> words you have in the title when you work for a company like that, the more important you are. Right, Shane? <laughs> hey, Sean, I think you know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, we, we can't talk to him until we play the intro. Here we go. Here we go. My favorite part. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools. Wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. Uh, see, <laughs> because you spent all your money in the parts department, now your wife is bummed. Oh. But you're happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best part right there. There it is. Oh, man. So, uh, so Shane and I go way back, and we've had lots of adventures, lots of off-roading together. And uh, like what? Oh, let's see. We used to uh, do this road in California called the Mojave Road, which is one of the original wagon roads into California. We've driven on the Rubicon together. We've been to Moab all over the place together. Uh, we've been to Arizona. We've chased gold mines and and old ghost towns in uh, in Death Valley. So I've been all over off road with this dude. So you've bunked with this man right here. I, I have. It's true. <laughs> we have actually been in Mexico, right? And, in Mexico, uh, yes. And we've had tons of great. Um, Experiences. We I had an old Ranger, so it was a uh, a 2002 Ranger FX4 that Shane put a set of uh, um, 17 inch travel 9100s on the rear and 14 inch travel 9100s on the front. Okay. Big ass reservoir shocks, right? Okay. And it was a uh, four wheel drive, 14 inches of travel, 17 rear, right? And uh, we were going 
in Mexico on the way to San Felipe, and, and Shane's in the uh, Bill Stein Company Ranger going down the highway. What, Shane, about 55 miles an hour? Uh, probably like maybe 65. <laughs> and uh, on the side of the road for people who've been down there, there's this big whooped-out section that literally parallels the highway. I get Shane on the CB. I'm like, dude, look at me. He's like, where are you? Well, I'm looking around, looking around. I couldn't see where you went. I thought you might have went off the road or something. And I look over to my right casually, and you're pacing me over the whoops right next to the road. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and it was funny because we had, you know, we put glass Corona bottles in the cooler. Okay. And Why? Because you forgot? Because right? we forgot, right? right. And then you we forgot. That's Amateur. a rookie move. I see that at Glamis all the time, rookie. But this is what sold me on Bill Stein shocks. We pull into camp, not one bottle broken. And what? It was in the bed cage. It was strapped down to the bed cage of the truck, and we had our cold, icy Coronas after that. <laughs> well, then glass is better. Yeah. Nothing's better than a cold beer yeah. out of glass. That's yeah. for sure. Who, who uh, Shane, on a long trip, who smells worse? <laughs> Definitely Holman. <laughs> I actually have a picture. I should put it up on our uh, on our social at Truck Show podcast of Shane and I uh, doing the wide open Baja cars together down there, and literally went through this creek filled with horse manure. Oh no! Had it splashed all over us, and about fifty yards later was where we ended up. And they handed us cold Takatis, and it was like him and I have. Fresh beer in our hand in the car, covered in like horse and cow manure. Oh, that <laughs> horse manure. So Baja. <laughs> it was so great that I think we sat there and drank the whole beer. We did. <laughs> we sat there and wet, you know, rancid Mexican uh, country water. Have you guys broken down together? Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had a few breaks. Uh, the H three. What happened with the H yeah. three? Uh, Shane and I were off road, and uh, I locked my keys in it. While it was running. <laughs> oh, what? At 6 p.m. on a Friday. Oh, my God. This, yeah. this is like more than just a breakdown. This is more of like a disaster. This was like a the mental, a mental break. <laughs> <laughs> the car is running with the keys locked in the car. And of course, it's hum- it's it's a Hummer vehicle. So tell them what you did, Sean. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I had a Hummer H3 press vehicle, and Shane had this awesome Cherokee. X- this is not just a normal Hum uh, this, H3. This is a brand, brand new, new. Yeah, this was back right. when Hummer was around. So I had an H3 for the weekend. And it's not even yours. Yeah. And it's not mine. And Shane uh, and I were trying to figure out what to do. Well, let's go off-road. Well, Shane had this great uh, XJ Cherokee that we used to call the Stealth XJ because it was tan and uh, had the- Flesh color. Flesh colored, right? Had the yeah. sickest short body, long travel Bill Steins on it that he built himself. And made these like Frankenstein Bilstein shocks. Was it thirty twos on that thing? Thirty twos. Thirty two. So Shane would hit. Pretty stealthy. He would hit the whoops in this thing at like fifty five, sixty miles an hour, and the thing would be so smooth. I watched his dog literally float in the air (laughs) while I'm following him as he's going over the whoops, and he's like gently grabbing the dog and stuff. So this was one of these trips where it's like, hey, I got a new vehicle. Let's go out to the desert. My ex wife at the time, and her and I had an argument. And I got out and slammed the door because I wasn't very happy. And the first generation H3 had their door uh, locks on the armrest. Okay. And I locked the door as I stepped out. So I'm already mad. Shane's like, all right, you know, calm down. What's going on? It's sunset. It's a beautiful sunset. I'm like, all right, well, let's get going. So I go to pull the door and realize the truck is running, the windows are up, and uh, keys are in it. (laughs) And the door's locked. And, and the, we're in the middle of nowhere. And, and the, the nowhere. solution was? So I called OnStar, and I said, hey, uh, can, this is you know Sean Holman. I've got a media loan vehicle. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Lock the keys. Can you just unlock it for me? And the guy says, uh, no, we're not able to do that. We need the password. And it's like, I, I don't have the password. 
Because it's not your car. And it's 9 o'clock in Detroit, right? Because right. the three hours ahead, there's nobody to call. Right. And so the guy says, if you can figure out, you know, what's the address? So I gave him the address for GM's uh, headquarters, and he didn't like that. He still needed more information. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, if you can find it, call back. So I had friends calling, trying to get a hold of somebody at GM to find out what the password was. Right. And, uh, and meanwhile, Shane is there kicking the car. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, he's he's watching me in full meltdown mode, and eventually, I, I called OnStar back, and I said, um, "In my right hand is my phone that I'm talking to you on. In my left hand is a giant rock." I said, uh, "Do you want to be responsible for the window that's about to be broken, and you know, and the journalist that's going to die out in the desert, or would you like to just unlock my vehicle?" Vehicle gets unlocked remotely. Goes, sir, check your door. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, Shane and I continued on our uh, one of our other epic adventures. So anyway, that's a long backstory, but I've known this guy forever, and we, we have a lot of fun. I together. appreciate those backstories. <laughs> we're we're going to have those someday, I think. Yeah. So Shane, we you know <laughs> we we wanted to get you on the phone because you've got so much going on here. I mean, you're one of the innovators in the industry, and we wanted to hear well, about. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it, but it's the truth. Still so sounds awesome. Well, we should talk about they have uh, their new eighty one twelve shock that just came out for the Tacomas direct replacement, and a few other applications. And Shane, uh, you and I spent a lot of time on that. We actually drove from their office in San Diego to Vegas last year, all off-road, to test these new shocks. And then, you know, they're just, they're sick. So I'll let Shane fill you in on why they're so rad, but they are rad. The 8112, yes. This is like a revolution in technology. It's basically like a few years ago, people started putting, uh, well, I I guess it kind of goes back to the manufacturers building their half-ton trucks and you know, small mid-sized trucks with coilover suspension. And uh, that really opened the door for a lot of uh, companies that made racing, off-road racing shocks to put an off-road racing shock right into the stock location and basically have like a two and a half inch coilover, which is, you know, and back in those days, that was from a race race vehicle. So fast forward today, what Bill Stein has done with the 8112 is, we did make a coilover, but it was purpose-built for this uh, certain application. In this particular case, it's the Tacoma. But it has position-sensitive technology inside of it. So what it's really going to do for you is it's going to combine a few different things. And you know, Sean, like on your Ranger, you had a coilover, but you also had a bump stop that yep. you had to weld on. Yep, exactly. And uh, back in those days, you did a long travel kit. You did... Uh, a racing coilover that required a custom shock mount and then a weld on um, hydraulic bump stop, which, you know, that's great, but that's also a lot of work. You had a, there, you had a ton of work into that. Remember? A lot of fab, a lot of ex- expense that goes into it. There's so many parts to make. I mean, that's how we were doing it in the late nineties and uh, the early two thousands. Yeah. You couldn't, it, it, there was no direct replacement kit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was all no. welding no. and all fab. Yeah. Totally. And you couldn't exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, and you take it to your buddy's house. Yep. He'd screw it up. And then, and then you're out. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be mad. And then you're out like ten like cases of beer because yeah. you, you're going to bro that guy out. He screwed up your truck. Then you got to take it to the real guy. Yeah. And now he Pay knows you're in, now he knows you're in a rush. And, yeah. and he has to and he has to typical fab shop he has story. To cut off all the stuff your buddy <laughs> yeah. did right. And then he's got to put. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, it sounds so, like it's a so nightmare. Bitching is is this new eighty one twelve, which is one of their new premium shocks. Like Shane was saying with their technology, it's direct replacement. So I mean, you're literally yeah. using the, the factory mounts. And and one of the things about Bilstein that's a little bit different is. Bilstein's a tier one OE supplier, which means that you can get, you know, a TRD off-road with Bilstein shocks or a Ram Rebel with Bilstein's. Because they're a tier one OE supplier and supplying them to people's off-road packages, they have the right, you know, components for OE rubber that's not going to crack, that's not going to squeak, that's not going to fail. 
um, that has to pass durability tests, and they're able to leverage that knowledge base from the OE market and put it right into their aftermarket products and make their aftermarket products very user-friendly, very durable and quiet and all the things that you would want from a high-end system without any of the noise that comes with like a racing system. Uh, one of the things I think with Bilstein is great seal technology, wiper seals and things like that, because they have to be durable in the OE product. And we took these Tacomas that had the 8112s on it. And like Shane was talking about, you basically have an, a JCO, a Jounce control or a RCO rebound control unit inside the shock itself. So you don't have to figure out packaging in a tight wheel well of you know, limit straps and and bump and uh, bump cans and things like that because it's all inside the shock. And we drove those. To how, how, how do you how do you even pull that off? I can't even wrap my head around how they can all be inside the shock and still have enough uh, uh, you know, of you know the fluids yeah. you know inside. It, it's crazy. At the end of the day, like I said, it's position sensitive, so you're going to get a really smooth ride, just normal driving, and then pretty it's pretty effortless if you hit something hard it's just going to soak soak it up within I mean, reason there were times where we were going off road and there'd be those nasty like washout cross stitches that you get in the desert when the flash floods come that might be like a foot or two drop and you're going 70 miles an hour i mean literally are you we, talking about like driving up a curb right way worse like worse way worse <laughs> like drive like driving down a retaining wall that's a foot and a half high. You're yeah. driving oh. down, but, but go, what about go, hitting Same something thing. the size so, of a curb at so 50 miles an hour? We did it, and we were in these stock Tacomas. Um, very little, I, this is modified a little bit, but with these shocks. And what's amazing is everybody, we had four people in the double cab, and we all clinched, and it'd be like, dunk. And wow. we were looking at each other going, holy crap. I mean, so it just soaks it up like a trophy truck. We right. were doing, for, for having a no cage, a stock frame, we were there were sections we were doing eighty miles an hour, easy, and you don't give up anything in the ride on the highway. The highway was as smooth or better than the factory truck. Just it, I mean, blows my mind how good these shocks are off road and on road. It's the best performance you're going to get for a daily driver, as good as anybody. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So and you're 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 not transforming. You're not adding a bunch of things and welding things on, and you're getting the performance. That's the main thing. Is like especially for me, if I bought a new truck. You know, I mean, a lot of people want to do that, but I mean, you know, I mean, realistically, you can you can buy this, you can bolt it on in an afternoon and get all this performance, and you didn't change the car at all. It's it's yeah. basically pretty stock. Yeah, and when you can, so, when you you know the Tacoma obviously has leaf springs in the back, so there's no there's not a coilover. What they do is they pair it with their really nice. Was it a two tube bypass or a three tube? Yeah, two tube bypass. Yeah, so we were you know Tacomas are notorious for having awful, awful rebound control from the factory where you pogo or you carry the rear over whoops and stuff. With the uh, with the bypass shocks, dial back the rebound, and it was amazing how flat you could get the truck to work front to rear where it felt incredibly balanced. Um, just really, really awesome stuff. I've, I've Listen, I've driven a ton of things. I've raced in desert racing, all that. These, these things felt as good as anything I've ever felt on a stock truck. Isn't it weird how... So, Shane, can you speak to, like, in the shock world, it was... They got bigger, bigger, bigger. You know, it started with a 1, 1.0, 2.0, 2.5, 3.0, 3.5, whatever. And now it seems yeah. like, okay, well, bigger is not necessarily better. It's kind of like the like Apple Electronics, you know, like smaller is sometimes better. How can we make this more compact? I kind of think well, like efficiency, uh, right? Like yeah, efficiency, like, like, uh, was it, um, not, is it AccuAir, right? So AccuAir, where they took the, uh, the air cylinder, yeah, right, and yeah. they put the compressor. For guys who were dropping their cars on airbags, like you always had the, you know, the, the, the what do you call it? The, not the cylinder. What's it called? The um, the compressor? Yeah, the compressor. And then the, it's not the cylinder. What's it called? 
Your air storage tank, right? The tank. Thank yeah. you. Tank. Yeah, I couldn't go with the word tank. Wow. Duh. <laughs> right. So you had Wait, the tank. Hey, can you do the boo for yeah, yourself yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, Hold yeah, on. Yeah, Here we go. We need to make sure. Boo. Yeah, that's me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm booing myself. That's there we bizarre. go. <laughs> I broke in the, uh, the fourth wall. That's right. So, uh, you know, they put the compressor yeah, inside combined the tank. into one unit. And so yeah. that's what he's done here. He's taken yeah. all these things and, and put it in, into the shocks. And it's amazing. That's what the technology is. So my question is, Shane, like, what, where does it go beyond this? I mean, is there, can you see advancements? Are your R&D guys just going, uh, well, that's it. We're out. We out. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, definitely not. We're, we're working on all kinds of things. And, and each application is going to lend its own. It's going to bring up uh, new things you know these the, we came up with a solution on tacoma when we get into a forerunner there, there could be different things you know i could see i could see maybe adding some simple things like maybe some sway bar modifications or things like that to to kind of add to the package you know to make it a little bit better but uh i mean i think the basic concepts there but it's just all going to depend on the kind of envelope we're going to have when we start getting into these but the whole concept is to basically take what's there and not add too much but really get a massive amount of performance gain without having to do a long travel kit and you know weld a bunch of stuff and modify your car to the point where you can't bring it back you know so it's it's kind of like it's it's like great performance but it's not a lot you don't have a lot of time invested this sounds like the perfect kind of kit you're going to bolt onto your car and you're going to sell it, and it will increase in value. Meaning, there's so many kits that you you put on your truck, yeah, and they decrease. Even though it's cool, it's a cool yeah. product you're bolting on. It decreases Depends the what resale it is, right? value. Yeah. This, I feel like, uh, you know, someone's buying your truck, well, like, oh, and you can this sell is super them on the shocks. Well, and the cool right. thing about it is, uh, you know, people build a lot of project trucks, and you know, they handle really bad. They they don't steer well. They ride bad, but they look cool, right? The cool thing you're not giving any of that up. So the integrity of that stock basic vehicle, you're improving it. Without, I mean, you could literally put these on your Tacoma, hand the keys to your mom, and she would drive the truck. No questions asked. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even think twice. That yeah, road different. Even, I mean, it's that, yeah. it's that good, right? And and then, you know, Shane, I know you guys um, have some really amazing technology that we haven't even talked about in the OE world with some of your electronic controls. Do you think we'll see some of those things come to the aftermarket for trucks at some point? Because what I've seen is is amazing. It's hard to say because a lot of the electronic stuff, and it is amazing, but it, it it's it's part of uh, the it's hooked up to the vehicle computer and it's there's sensors and all kinds of things it's you know it's something we talk about all the time but it's, it's kind of hard to apply in an aftermarket and it's super expensive sure also so it's i think i would see it as a, in an oe package on a truck before i would see it aftermarket sure it, which makes sense but it sounds like you could tap into a lot of the obd2 information Right. It, it, I yeah. mean, there's definitely ways to do it. I mean, you'd add a module, right? And the module would have, you know, a signal or wires to each thing on the shock. And then there'd be a ride level sensor so that the computer knew yeah. where in the suspension you are. So it's just who are you willing to pay five or eight thousand dollars to have the most badass suspension you could ever have on a super stealth sleeper truck and be able to keep up with really, really amazing other built vehicles? Um, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who would do it. Um, the technology's there. It's just a matter, I think, from from. Uh, Shane's standpoint of packaging and, and whether he can make a business case for it and sell it to the, the higher-ups, right? Don't poo-poo on my idea, dude. Don't just crap <laughs> well, all over my idea. It's, it's definitely something that's very common in the car world with uh, electronic dampers, air suspension in particular, where, you know, they're, they're, the air is like, you know, senses if you go in a corner and it's, you know, pumping up one side of the car and then it has to have variable damping. I mean, this is 
this is technology that Bill Stein involved with on many levels of OE. And even like, even a lot of things like the SRT, like the Hellcat, things like that, they have some really awesome electronic dampers, not air suspension, but electronic dampers. And it hasn't really worked itself into the truck world yet, but I mean, that's the way the OEs are going. Especially if you have variable spring, variable air spring and things like that, you need to have variable damping to go with it, you know? So I, I definitely think that at some point we're going to see some electronic dampers um, at some point showing up in the truck world, whether it was from Dolstein or from somewhere. It's, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's obviously a natural progression because the, the, the luxury – I mean, things like Range Rovers and luxury Mercedes and stuff, I mean, this is just kind of like general. Like this is the way a lot of those come these days. And can I point out that Shane says dampers and not dampener, which is the correct term. Dampener means you're getting it wet, and so it's always funny. I'm an editor, so when I'm online and I'm reading <laughs> things and posts and people are like, got me these dampeners. I'm like, wow, why would you want soggy suspension? Right. You know, it's so, so everybody out there, pet peeve, pulled out my red pen. Shane is correct. It is a damper. <laughs> Noted. Thank you. <laughs> You're Noted. welcome. Well, dude, Shane, I really appreciate you coming on the show with us uh, today. Yeah. Shane Kassad, segment product manager, light truck and off-road for Bill Stein. Bill Stein. Booyah. Thanks, guy. Thank Great you. Great to see you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. You're the man. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. Right, see ya. Uh, if you don't mind, I was uh, looking over your shoulder. I saw you have two emails queued up. Can we do some inbox? Yeah, let's do some inbox. inbox. You email, yeah. I email, do it. We email, that's right. Everybody email, type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send it. We email, click it. Everybody email. I want to dance, man. I know, don't you? What you got for me? I got a couple emails here. You can't just bob your head. You need to speak. No, but it, I'm, I'm still listening to the I'm listening to the tune here. That's it. It's over. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I have what's this, wrong with us? I don't know. It's it's late. We do so just so you guys know, we do this at night after our regular job, so we get a little punchy sometimes. And by the way, we ask, and this is after a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. We just just killed it. With, it smells like McDonald's in this place. Jay came today with. Uh, with he was totally hangry, like had no low blood sugar and yeah. was just off. So we sent him to McDonald's and, I, and he just got punchy after that. I am, uh, I am really punchy. How do you hate Waffle House, but you'll go eat McDonald's? Waffle House, it's yeah. cardboard. <laughs> I'm not saying anything good about McDonald's. It's 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 about you can hit a golf ball to McDonald's. That's why did I you just to point to McDonald's. You're making fun of me for head bobbing and you're pointing to McDonald's. I know. Well, you, uh, they didn't know I was pointing. You pointed uh, it out that I was pointing. Do we need we? Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, we, can we do some email? Uh, we we can do some email. You, should I play the intro again? No. Okay. No. Okay. No. No. No more. The freaking email. All right. So this was from a guy named Popeye. And uh <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no. how he signed it. No, no. And, and no, what's awesome no. is is <laughs> his initials are RB. So I, I don't know what his real name is. We just okay. we're just gonna call him Bob Popeye. 2019 Ram Eco Diesel. Gents, subscribe to your new podcast today and very much enjoyed the first two shows, in particular the industry insider segments. Very cool. Oh. Uh number one, I'll be buying a 2019 Ram 1500 4x4 crew this year. So I'm wondering if you guys have any new info on when the Eco Diesel will actually be available uh in the fifteen hundred. And number two, have you driven either of the e-torque engines? If so, what did you think? Well, so right outside this <laughs> yeah, window, right. no one has any idea, but there yeah. is a brand new twenty nineteen 
Ram 1500. Now, yes. not with the engine he's speaking no. about, right? No, he's but... speaking of every engine offered except the one that we have out here right now. <laughs> so you got your hands on one of 19. Is that correct? One of 19 in California? N- one of zero in California right now. Oh, or one, one of one. Ni- one of 19 total? Is that what? Yeah, I don't Where know. Where did the There's... 19 number come? That I, that I just... don't know. That's, so I just got back from a press drive in Arizona mm-hmm. where they flew different uh, waves of press out to drive the new truck. And they gave me one to drive back to California. So there's only a handful out. They don't come to dealers till mid-April. And so I'm literally driving a truck that doesn't exist in California. And so, you know, I got to tell you, when you have a brand new truck nobody has, you troll Home Depot. (laughs) (laughs) And then you troll the dealer. (laughs) And so- Did you really? I did. No, tell me what happened when you went to the dealer. Did you pull up? And they're like, we've never, we haven't seen this one. So I pulled up and I backed in the customer delivery spot. First off, did they notice? Did they notice? Because a lot, I bet you, there's, it's not a mag, uh, it's it's It's, not a major difference. The front is though. Oh yeah, you're right. The front is. is. Yeah. The the rear, the rear of it, you, it's, it's hit or miss the front, you know. So I, I pulled in customer delivery because I had to actually go make an appointment for my my uh, my Wrangler for service. I'm like, I'm going to take the Ram. And you should have seen the eyeballs. I had 12 people run out in single file line and all these people were selling vehicles doing the uh, paperwork and they were like looking up from their desks like, oh man, I wish I wasn't doing this. I wanted to see it. <laughs> I had salesmen taking pictures. I had salesmen really? sitting in it. I, they're like, who are you? Why do you have this? We don't even have ours yet. We've never, we haven't even seen one. So- uh, I'm not going to lie. I went to Home Depot. I had a few uh, contractors go, hey, is that the new Ram? So it was pretty cool. <laughs> so anyway, the the truck we have um, right now, we only have, or they only have the Hemi non-e-torque. So it's going to be available in four engines. So it's the V6 e-torque, the Hemi, the Hemi e-torque, and then late availability will be the, the eco-diesel. The e-torque is basically a hybrid, but they're not calling it a hybrid, which is super smart. What they're using is... Any- well, what do you say it's super smart? Is that because it sounds too wussy? Yeah, it sounds too pri- Prius-y for the, mar- okay. you know, for the truck market. Um, Chevy called trucks hybrid. They didn't sell very well. Where Ram's positioning their e-torque system, it's an electric motor, a belt-driven motor, sits on top of the engine, and it fills in. So the Hemi's always kind of a peaky engine. It's like 3,000 RPM sort of starts coming alive. Okay. But truck guys really like that low-end grunt. So they're using the electric motor to supplement the low end until the engine comes up on boil. Interesting, interesting. So basically on the Hemi, it adds 130 um, pound-feet of torque. It adds? Adds to the- 130, wow, significant. Yeah, we haven't driven it yet. This is the standard Hemi that I gave you a ride in, and uh, so I can't wait to drive it. Um, The way they're using it, it's not for fuel economy, although it gets a couple miles per gallon more from from what I understand. But what's cool about it, again, it supplements the- actual you know power curve of the ram and fills in sort of that low spot off idle to give you why a really... not a supercharger well because you get the fuel economy benefit of it and there's other benefits that come with a hybrid system like being able to plug in bigger tools and all that kind of stuff okay and gotcha expense is probably the same either way you want the fuel economy they have to at least have to play the cafe game and to the second question or the first question rather but we'll answer it second in a row here the eco diesel uh, it's late availability don't know if it'll be late this year or early next year but it the second gen does get a power bump don't know if it's announced or not, but I've seen numbers. Right now, it's 240, 420. I've seen it at 260, 440 for the new one. So it should be a pretty nice setup in the new Ram. The new Ram, 225 um, pounds lighter. Okay. And so having more power with the EcoDiesel should should feel great. You've been truck. ripping around in this thing. Tell me. I mean, uh, the, the, the active noise cancellation, when we went to uh, Guitar Center the other night <laughs> yeah. to pick up cables, <laughs> yeah, for the that, was, that was freaky yeah because i don't think so you've all seen people wearing on the uh, on like you're in you're in an airplane and yep. you, you guys are wearing their their bose uh headphones. noise cancellation yep. headphones okay 
imagine sitting imagine sitting inside a pair of Bose yeah. noise canceling headphones. That's what it's like. It it feels like an anechoic chamber. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's like an audio black hole. An anechoic right. chamber, exactly. Which is what, I'm using layman's terms. Yeah, exactly. So, which, which is, it, it, so I've been in. It, the reason it was so weird is I have I, I was at Infinity when they were in Chatsworth way back in the yeah, day. Yeah, it's a long time. And ago. one of the heads of R and D brought me into the anechoic chamber. What this is is it's 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 about a room. I don't know. Let's call it fifteen by fifteen feet, and you go up some stairs. And you step into this room, and you are suspended on a little platform, like a pedestal, and it's got these uh, pieces of foam that are like um, they're they're uh, not trapezoidal, they're pyramids, like, yeah, geometric right? shapes, geometric though, right? Shapes. Yeah. But they're, no, they're all like four foot long, mm-hmm. and they're all pointing towards you. And then they close the door, and the first thing you know, first no thing, sound. And the well, first thing you notice, yeah, is that you can hear your heartbeat. It's weird, your own heartbeat, right? And it's weird. Now, the Ram truck is not as strange as that, but it, 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 I noticed when we were talking, mm-hmm. it kind of it, it, it pulled back and it wasn't canceling as much noise. Right. But as soon as we stopped talking, it just Get starts eerily quiet. sucking out the sound, <laughs> and it feels like we're in a void. And yeah. after a while, on the way back from Guitar Center, I, it, I got used to it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that, man, if you, if you were driving... I drove it home it, from Arizona. That's 400 miles. It's six hours, so right? did you get used totally, to it? And yeah. is it weird to get in now your stock car? You're like, yeah. man, my, my truck is, my yeah. Raptor is I got so the, noisy. I got in the Raptor, and it was like, geez, you know? And the and the Raptor is pretty well dampened. Yeah, it's, it's pretty quiet. But not like that. No, that, the, that ran, the Ram, the Ram is, it's quiet anyway. It has laminated uh, glass on it. It has sound deadening. Um, they Great arrow. They tuned it. Really small fender gaps. If you look at where the doors and fenders meet, there's like a rubber seal there to keep wind from leaking in there. Plus the active noise cancellation, which is on all Hemi models, I think above a, a big horn and above or something like that. Um, it's it works pretty well. It's and pretty by the cool. way, and your and your daughter was sitting in the back seat, and it was like we were chauffeuring her around in a limo. Oh yeah, I mean her a her 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 feet didn't even touch the floor, <laughs> and her knees were probably yeah. twenty inches from the back of my seat. Yeah, yeah, she she, she could cross her legs. She had you know she's eleven years old, and and the the. Uh, we could have had Wilt Chamberlain in the back. Does, you know, like, no, literally, could have, literally. Could have Kobe in the back, and you could have stretched. They out. added four inches to the new Ram. By the way, I have a Wilt Chamberlain reference. No, what? The? No, no, no. Hold on. Obscure <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain reference. I don't think anybody went on the uh, the podcast today thinking they'd hear about Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> the cab is lengthened four inches now, and so the back seat they have so much room that they can now recline the seat. I think it's up to eight degrees or something like that. So I actually, turned around, and when I yelled at your daughter, it echoed. It was so far <laughs> away. Like, but it didn't because the noise, <laughs> noise cancellation. <laughs> and I, yeah, I should have thought of that. <laughs> and we got a, another email here, and and we actually got a few emails on this topic, which is really cool. But I'll I'll call out Emmy Hall uh, because she kind of represents all of them. Uh, I really like the counterman confession segment. Keep him as a regular, please. And I had heard that from a lot of people who loved hearing Dale's stories. Really? Yeah. So episode two for those of you who are maybe hearing this first. I don't know why. Go back to episode one. Start over. You'll you'll get you'll get it. <laughs> but uh, listen to it twice. <laughs> the uh, the last episode we had uh, a good friend of ours. Dale Thomas from LGE CTS Motorsports, who's an actual truck counter guy. And uh, Dale sort of told us his stories from b- behind the counter. And I think people really dug that. And uh, we'll have to have him back because I've got several emails from people. Do you think who, these are his friends? No, they're not. And I, I know for a fact that, that he doesn't know some of these people. Because so you asked of, him? Well, because I, I know what friend circles, <laughs> I know people and all that. But these are legitimate. These, these are legitimate human beings. And, uh, and, and no, so... 
Um, I thought that was really cool that people were kind of calling out Dale and saying, hey, we really like that guy. So. All right, we'll have him back. He, yeah. was, he was cool, yeah. We'll go out and drink afterwards this time. We didn't last why did, time. Why we, didn't we do that last time? I don't know what happened. Were we tired? Are uh, we old? I, I, I hope not. Oh, yes, man. maybe. So I think we have a, can we do a guest next? Do we've got uh, Brad Tabor coming up? Yeah, let's uh, let's get Brad on the phone here. Mm, dial and smile. Hello, this is Brad. Brad, Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Good, good. How are you guys? We're, uh... We're, we're, what, did, okay. what did Brent say last week? Brent from Nissan, we're hanging out like a hair in a biscuit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of gross. I didn't want to repeat that. Yeah, I was just say we're a little punchy. You yeah, know, it's, we punchy. Uh, we're recording this at night, and uh, I think we've we've had long days, both long of us. Days. But it's been good because we've uh, we're excited to talk to you, dude. But before we can talk to you, we have to play the intro, as is uh, our want here. We in the club. We in the club. We rolling deep. We rolling deep. We in the club. We in the club. We're scraping streets, scraping streets, nothing, lower, new, old, fast, slow. We're in the club, lifting, lower, new, old, fast, slow. That's what we know. <laughs> so there's your intro, bud. <laughs> That's the best intro I've ever had. There it is. Brad Tabor, founder of Bump Nation on uh, Facebook. Dude, yeah. you got 18,000 followers there on Facebook. You know, yeah, little some yeah. Is that there. Yeah. So, how long ago did you uh, start Bump Nation? Uh, it'll be probably yeah, I think four years. The this August is when I when I started the group originally. That's pretty amazing. So, so for uh, for those of you out there, I, I've got a '67 Ford F100. Um, listen, all the C10 guys, the '67 to '72, they get so much love out there. And I've always had a soft spot for the Ford F100s, which are bump sides. So, hence Bump Nation. I uh, actually came across Brad and his group on Facebook when I was doing research, and I'm in the middle of building mine. And uh, Brad is sort of like the F100 guru who can find all the weird one-off stuff that nobody else has. And there's been a few times where I've needed something and I'm like, hey, Brad, and he's come through. So <laughs> He's dialed you in. Oh, yeah. I want to go backwards for a second because we assume that all of our listeners, like if, if you drive a lifted truck and you're in Florida, sure. you may not know what a bump site is. So yeah. explain, literally, that is the side of yeah. the truck. That so it, six, it, yeah, 67 to 72 Ford F100 has a spear down the side and it sticks out. So we call it the bump side. The later models, which is the 73 to 79, has a dent in the same spot. That's called a dent side. So that's uh, that's kind of the uh, names for you know, nicknames for the although, generations. Although some of the older trucks are probably bump side and then now are their dent side because they're, <laughs> they're, they're so old and they've been beat around. And they've been hitting uh, yeah. trees and I'm all like confused, yes. <laughs> How did you start this club, Brad? Like what exactly? Give me the backstory. How I got involved with these pickups is I, I bought one uh, for me and my son to fix up. Um, with limited um, information and knowledge on the pickup site, I joined a couple of the groups um, just to, you know, learn more about the pickups and what they're about and how to find parts and, you know, so on and so forth. And what I found was that, you know, there were some groups out there, but, you know, people were just kind of catty in some of them. And, uh, totally. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about, hey, you know, if you got a truck and you want to fix it up, you know, do it the way you want to do it and fix it the way you want to do it and whatever's going to make you happy and put a smile on your face, you know, and I just, uh, you know, in some of the other groups, I'd, I'd see people being, trying to be innovative and trying new things. And, you know, people were looking down on them for, for wanting to explore other avenues and, and stepping outside of the norm. What, 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 you do know, you, and it, what do you attribute that to, by the way, Brad? Like, why do you think that people are, and they're not necessarily purists either. These are not, you know, uh, white glove purists. Yeah, they're, right. right. They're not going to Pebble Beach. They're not going to Concours, right? right. So why... What is that? Why the hate? Yeah. 
You know, I wish I had an answer for it. But, you know, in, in my mind, that's kind of what motivated me to start my own group was, uh, you know, we're on the Internet. And uh, I just wanted it to be a, a, a level playing field for everybody, regardless of your background and regardless of your income bracket and your race and whatever. You know, you're on the Internet. You don't know who's sitting you know, behind the keyboard. And I just wanted us to be all equal and just be there for our love and our passion for these pickups and to just create a community and a family uh, where people are there to help one another out and support each other's dreams and aspirations and, you know, just help motivate people to get off the couch and go wrench on an old pickup with their kids and go make some memories, you know? Now, have you made any any real friends this or are, are they acquaintances or real actual friends that you now hang out with regularly because of this group? Oh, no, I've made I've made a lot of friends, you know, in, in uh, we're worldwide now. We have members in Australia and the United Kingdom. Um, we've got several members in my immediate area here, but I've I've also met members from other states. Uh, we've hung out. We've worked on pickups together. We've swapped parts. Um, it's just a, a great networking of, of people. It, and, it's awesome. And, What's cool about it is you go on that forum or you go on that group on Facebook and uh, search 6772 Bump Nation um, and it'll come up. But what's awesome about it, everybody's cool. You, you'll you see totally original re- restored trucks. You'll see Crown Vic frame swaps. You'll see Crown Vic front end swaps. You'll see new frames. You'll see LS engines in them. You'll see diesel engines in them. Mine's getting an EcoBoost. Nobody, there's nobody will say, well, that's stupid. Everybody's like, oh man, that's cool. So supportive. Um, it's a great community. And it just, you know, because of guys like Brad, it's amazing how much support you have for finding things that you're, you're looking for, the parts or encouragement on, hey guys, I want to go this direction. I want to go that direction. It's it's really great. It's really great. So Brad, on, on Bump Nation, how many of the of your 18,000 followers currently don't have a bump side F100? Well, I would imagine there's probably quite a few of them that don't have one. Um, but, you know, maybe their grandpa had one when they were a kid growing up or maybe their neighbor down the street had one. And they just, uh, you know, there's something about these trucks and the connection that they create with family and friends. And, you know, I mean, once you've had a bump site, I mean, it's just uh, it's something that sticks with you, you know, and it brings it back. One cool thing about it is, uh, you know, you post a picture of it in of your pickup and somebody says, Oh man, that looks just like the one that my grandpa used to have. We used to take it fishing and you know, just the memories and the connections that they, that they create and recreate. And I've seen people uh, post up pictures where they didn't know that option group was, was available. And they'll say, Hey, uh, what's that hole in your firewall there? What's that for? Hey, my truck has this weird thing. Oh, that's an aftermarket dealer only AC kit or whatever. I mean, I've seen there's enough historians in there who are, who educate people as to, what different things are, and, and there's been there's running changes throughout the years, and people on there can identify the year of your cab based on your dash or the way a bracket is, and and all that. But going back to uh, talking about family, um, let's go and talk about uh, the the Opa truck that everybody else helped out with because I think that's such a great story, and we're talking about community and 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 how great Bump Nation is. We got to talk about that. What'd you call it? An open truck? Opa. Opa truck. OPA? Yeah, that's. Uh, what are you saying to me right now? What language? OPA? Yeah. OPA. What does that even mean? Grandparent, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's German for grandfather. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. One day, one of our members shared a story um, of a young man that had, uh, he had, long story short, he had a heart condition. Um, and he was, uh, he was given a gift by a charitable or- organization. And uh, the gift that he asked for, 
Uh, he wanted his 1968 Ford F-250 that he inherited from his grandpa fixed up. And that's kind of where the Opa comes in. Is uh, He called his grandpa Opa, which is German for grandfather. So this story landed in our group, and uh, the charitable organization met with them originally in March. It was shared in our group in June. Um, I, As soon as the story landed in our group, I immediately reached out to the family. And then I, I just said, hey, you know, give me the background on this truck, what all needs to be done. I'd, I'd love to help. You know, I think we have the resources at our fingertips that we can make a difference in this project. I found out that one of the biggest obstacles that we had to overcome was that the, the truck had some mechanical issues. It was unsafe to drive. Uh, the brake system in it was in dire needs of repair. There were some front end components that were worn out, not safe to be driven. So the charitable organization would not do any of the mechanical repairs on it for liability reasons nor could they even work on the truck until it was in safe operating condition. Um, I actually work for a company called Tirerama. We're a tire and repair facility, and we have 45 locations in Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and Washington. And we actually have several locations in the area where this young man resided. So I contacted our regional manager over there, let them know what the story was, and asked them if they wanted to be involved in it. They asked to have the truck inspected, and, and then they get back to me. A couple of days later, I get back to work from lunch, and there's a note on my desk that said that they had teamed up with Napa Auto Parts, who is our primary vendor for auto auto parts. And they had teamed up with Napa. Napa donated 100% of the parts, and Tyrama wow. donated 100% of the labor to take care of all the mechanical issues that were wrong with the truck. So that he could get his, uh, his gift. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's so really once special. we got that taken care of, then I, I then posted it in our group and uh, they had opened up a fundraising campaign for this young man to raise money uh, for the project. Within the first 24 hours of me posting that post in Bump Nation, our members had contributed $875, which was kind of cool about that. We were a little bit late to the party, but boy, we, we made a big presence known once we got involved um, because our members... You know, in essence, they they fully funded, they finished funding his campaign so that they could get this project underway for him. My phone was going crazy for days after this. People wanting to be involved, wanting to contribute, wanting to know what all he needed. We had people from all over the country purchasing parts and having them shipped up. Um, and we'll post a picture the of the truck on our uh, on our social because uh, the truck's absolutely beautiful now. I mean, you you would never believe the before and after pictures and. It wouldn't have been possible without the uh, the family, you know, basically behind Bump Nation and and all the members. I mean, this is you know, you think of a, a, a truck club sort of as you know a bunch of guys who who go out and meet in the parking lot or have their hangout spot or go to truck shows. But this is really like the modern definition of of a modern today club. I mean, it's a it's a group that was birthed on Facebook that has real people and real relationships and real knowledge base and and people helping each other out. It's, it's really awesome, super awesome. Tell me about the truck today. He's got the truck today. Actually, uh, they just had his, he had his 15th birthday last week. So they took the truck out this weekend for his birthday dinner and got to cruise around, um, uh, in Opa's legacy. It was pretty cool. Tell me about your son. Is he moved by stuff like this? Does, how old is your son? My son is actually, you know, that's one of the reasons why that story with that truck hit so close to home because my son is, uh, they're less than a month apart in age. He's the exact same age, you know? So, when I initially read that story, I was just like, that could have been my son. You know, that could have been your son. It could have been anybody's son. You know, and that's why I knew I, I had to be involved. I had to make a difference. And uh, 
so yeah, my my son, he's he's got a wide range of interests from motorcycles to hunting to shooting his bow and shotgun and snowboarding and and trucks. He's just kind of a he's jack a boy. of all trades. Oh, <laughs> he's you know, this, all over the map. This is a very politically correct expensive. way, very politically <laughs> correct way of saying that he's not a huge bumpside fan yet. <laughs> I know what he's I know where he's going with this, but but he well, will no, be. Well, no, he is. He's he's got his bump. He's got his uh, he's got a '69 Ford F100 short wheelbase two wheel drive. Of course he does. So he's got his <laughs> truck. So. Uh, but you know, he, you just can't nail him down on one interest. He's all over the map. He likes everything. Awesome. Damn millennials. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the ones listening there. We love them all. Right. <laughs> Damn. Well, I, I, you're a, you're a good storyteller and, and B you have an amazing group that we, and it's open, right? So I know that like, uh, I, I don't know, there was an L5P group that I was looking at the other day. That's and you the had Duramax to, engine, the by Duramax the way. engine. Yes. Thank you. And you had to apply to be part of this group. They were, it was a closed group and, and, this is not the case with the bump site, is it? Is it a closed group or? Well, we are a closed group. Oh, you um, bastard! And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we are. We are. <laughs> Don't boo, Brad. Come on. I'm just having some fun. <laughs> Come on now. We are a closed group, and uh, you know, we do have a couple of simple common sense rules to be in the group. We don't. We don't allow any profanity. Uh, we like to keep it family friendly because we do have members like my son and like the young man that got his pickup restored. And we have a lot of ladies that are have an interest in these vehicles too. So we a ton group, of ladies. We, we we keep it classy. I'm not. I'm going to avoid that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just uh, we like to keep it classy. So we kind of we kind of. How do you? I, so 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 Brad, how do you vet people? So I don't own a bump side. You can't be in it. But oh, okay, well, screw it. <laughs> so, let's say I don't own a bump side, but I would like to. It sounds like the community that I'd like to follow. I'd like to know when you guys are throwing yeah. an event because it would be an event that I would want to go to. So what's the vetting process for someone who is hearing this right now through this podcast? And they're like, I, I love those trucks. My father had the truck. I want to follow along. Yeah. Basically, we have three simple questions. Um, to get a good group, you have to – they come from good people. So we're kind of selective as to who we let in. So we basically have three simple questions that we ask. Before you're allowed into the group. What One is, is your favorite who is, color? Sorry, <laughs> no. Who is the manufacturer of these truck, <laughs> trucks? Because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of fake Facebook profiles. So we want to make sure that our members what? are real, genuine people. <laughs> uh, what is your connection to these trucks? And it might be just because you like them or you saw one down the street or your neighbor has one or whatever. And then the other one is, uh, you know, we are a family-friendly group and profanity and drama are not allowed. Are you able to conduct yourself in a mature and respectful manner? You know, that's one key element to our group is, you know, we, we try to make sure that all of our members are treated with respect. And, uh, and it know, shows. If not, then, and we, uh, we address those issues when they come up. We don't sweep them under the carpet. We, we face them right away and get it resolved and taken care of. Brad, I, I commend you for putting I this mean, group together. Eighteen thousand people—that's that's no joke. Well, I it's going to grow after this podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, you by, know by it. about a hundred. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I'm I'm I moved. Brad, you're you're doing good stuff here. I mean, it starts as you all have a commonality, your your fandom over this over this vehicle, and but it spreads well beyond that, and uh, and it does. I, I'm convinced that you've got a really great family a, a great extended family it's yeah. it's super cool yeah, they, they've helped oh, yeah. me out yeah, too yeah, with my build and, and brad's been great i mean i've i've uh you know i've done uh facetime with brad because i had a question it's like hey here's my truck look at this i need some help you know and and 
Just again, the- he's like, it's 1 a.m. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Very cool. Very cool. So, Brad, thank you very much for carving out the time to talk. Really to us. appreciate it. Brad, Brad is the founder oh, yeah, of Bump absolutely. Nation on Facebook. So that's where you, you you're on Facebook. So look up Bump Nation. <laughs> You'll find him. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. All cool. right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank talk you. Soon. I'm impressed. Yeah, no, that's it's awesome. It's uh, it's a great group, and I, I think it's a it's a great example of what a truck club is today, right? Uh, I think when we were kind of coming up and we were in our teens and twenties and in truck clubs, it was a little bit different back then. And, and this is kind of what the modern club. It's kind of it was kind of punk rock back in the day. Yeah. You know, it was they were rebels. They weren't. You know, so they're not like motorcycle gangs. Or no, like but that, I mean, but, but, still that kind of vibe. When you go to a big event like you know, I was at Lone Star Throwdown yep. a couple of weeks month ago, whatever it was, and those truck clubs, whether it's C10 Nation, or whatever, they are families. Yeah. Like they barbecue together. They do, and these are people not just from the same area. Yeah. They they from live all states over. apart. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It's yeah. cool. It's it's uh it's really neat to see that and and to see somebody who was just a fan start something like that and and grow. Uh, you know, kudos to him. I feel like we're missing a news segment, like because you always come just loaded. Your pockets are stuffed full of three by five <laughs> index cards with like all kinds. Of, do no, it, does I, anyone... I'm writing it on my on my arm now. I'm not even using the three by five index. Did we get that joke? Uh, no, reference? no, okay. no. Three by five index cards. I don't. Know and what my those kids are. would be like, I don't know what you're post-it even notes? talking about. Your kids know no post-it. Yeah, notes? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I guess because notes on their iPad. <laughs> I, yeah, there's notes on their iPhone. That's where they okay, are. Okay, maybe that's yeah, what it is. Exactly. So, uh, news segment is called "What's New in Trucks." What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We're getting better good, at this. Good for us. Good Our for comedic us. timing, yeah. <laughs> what do you have for me in the uh, in the world of trucks? All right, yeah. So uh, this uh, this past week's been pretty busy. Uh, other than the uh, the Ram drive, we talked about the Ram 1500 a little bit earlier. GMC also re- released their images of the brand new uh, GMC Sierra 1500 Denali. Oh, wait a minute. Is this the one with the crazy tailgate? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Dude. So, you know, you people saw the Silverado, polarizing design. I think uh, for the really for the first By time. By the way, I didn't think it was that polarizing. Uh, people online thought it was pretty, okay, well, right, okay. pretty polarizing. Maybe I'm just such a fan of the brand that I. Well, I mean, I don't. I think it's cool. Um, we'll have you know. I, I actually know the chief designer, um, exterior designer for uh, the Silverado. We of should course have. you do. Of course you we'll, do. We'll have him on at some point, <laughs> um, and we'll explain how he got to where he went because there's some really interesting uh, backstory there. But. Uh, specific to the GMC, actually has its own sheet metal, so it's not just like the Silverado. Um, it actually has its own door skins and hood and fenders. And so before it didn't, it was just a front clip, right? right? Mm-hmm. And now it's all of it. It's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, previous generations have shared a lot with the Chevy. Okay. GMC is finally coming out and doing its own thing. In fact, the Denali has some really cool technology on it. You mentioned the tailgate; it's like a six-position tailgate um, with a step in it. Yeah, and it steps with a, down. It, it, it's just really cool, and it's called the Multi-Pro Tailgate. It's, it's standard on the SLT and Denali, so six different functions, and it's basically two sections, right? There's an outer tailgate that comprises a U-shape, and then there's an inner tailgate that kind of takes up the rest, and when it's latched together, it operates as a standard conventional tailgate, right? But then the bed lining, what you would expect just to be a bed liner material on Where the inside. You, if, so if the if the tailgate is down and mm. you were standing on the tailgate, totally fine. it's totally flat. It's just right. like just, a normal tailgate. Uh, right. 
Except I recall seeing that there's a flap that, that yes. a small like six inch tall flap that you can erect. You can fl- and it will <laughs> yes. keep yes. That's what she, <laughs> That's what and, she said. And your 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 four by eight sheet of plywood in the back won't slide out of right. your of your bed. Right. It's it's sort of like a kicker panel that holds it all together, but then that entire middle U shape folds down. It's kind of like you know Ford has people describe as the stripper pole, right? Ford F one fifty and Super Duce have had that pole that you the step folds out of the tailgate. Right. You grip pull the pole up and you can step up into it. This is sort of taking that idea of the tailgate becoming an access point to a whole other level. And I don't think anybody was really expecting it to happen. I mean, I we hear a lot of scuttlebutt prior to these vehicles coming out, or sometimes the manufacturers will have us in. This is one thing that was a total surprise. It was like, whoa. So I feel like a lot of these things uh, are developed in the in, in the aftermarket. A lot of these guys are like, I'm yeah. going to fab my own bed and whatever. And then GM or Ford will see that and be inspired to. I didn't see anything like this being developed in the aftermarket. No. This was just them doing it. I mean, I guess I could be wrong. But, right. I, but I, it looked like they just, like you said, surprised everyone with what they just pushed a, a tailgate to all new levels. <laughs> it's bizarre. No, it's By cool. the way. You, that is not a tailgate you want stolen. No, because my buddy has an F three fifty with the, with the uh, the old man handle. Would you yep. call the stripper pole? Yeah, stripper pole. Five grand for that sucker. No way. Yeah. Is it really? Uh huh. I've had neighbors who had it stolen, but I've never actually inquired what the price. Five thousand dollars. You know that Whoa. was through uh, his insurance company, Allstate, oh, or whatever. That's the it was, insurance price. Like, still, even but even even that if that's inflated by forty percent, that's, that's a, that's a that's lot a of money. lot of cash. This thing has got to be more expensive. I, has, I would imagine it's only it's only on the SLT or Denali, so that's their top trim level. This is the Denali of tailgates. It is the Denali of tailgates. <laughs> well played. Uh, the other cool thing is GMC is doing some cool stuff with the bed. They're actually introducing some advanced materials. So, you know, typically they've had roll-formed steel. Ford has done the aluminum, uh, you know, famously the, the aluminum bed. They're actually offering on the Denali a carbon fiber bed. Wait, why? I mean, um, I mean, awesome. Weight saving, strength, corrosion resistance. I mean, it's... Okay, wait a minute. So, so they, you said the inner skin. No. Yes, yes. The inside of the bed on the GMC uh, Sierra Denali. The part that everyone's going to, to throw their toolboxes in and so line gonna, Yeah, you're going to line X. You're never going to know. Carbon but, fiber. So you're going to add. So it's carbon fiber, but then we're going to add a lot of weight in it because everyone's going to line X it. Right. Or, or Rhino line <laughs> or whatever. Right. I wonder what the percentage is of, of, of truck owners that, that line their beds. Oh, I feel like it's, it's got to be, be 90% now. Yeah, it's got to be. So. I don't remember the last time I saw a non lined bed. I think people just, you know, it's just what they do automatically now or expected to. You know, some manufacturers have it have a standard. I, but I guess it's it. still a weight savings. If you start with a lighter, lighter bed, bed and you add yeah. the lining, then it's still less than a steel bed. Interesting. Yeah. So the GMC, you know, has a bunch of different exclusives. So the tailgate, again, another cool thing about tailgate is just that inner U part will fold down, and now it's a table or a workbench at a job site, right? So it's chest high rather than you know waist You're high. You're going to tell me it's got a USB port in it too, aren't you? It does. It no, does. it doesn't. Well, not the tailgate, but the truck. <laughs> <laughs> if you go, the, the tailgate eventually will, too. It'll be wired because you can do – it's going to have a – then it'll have a little uh, like a, a, a beach umbrella outside. No, so you can like yeah, no, 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 it won't. That no. would be cool. W- would it? No, okay. it wouldn't be. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rainbow. Uh, so, yeah, so the GMC Sierra box now has uh, fiberglass. It has steel. It has some aluminum. And then that bed floor, again, carbon fiber. So that's pretty cool. It's also uh, – Taking the technology that debuted in the Silverado to the next level. So I guess there's some segment exclusive and GMC Denali exclusives too. So heads-up display that features speed navigation, uh, rear camera mirror, which is kind of cool. So your rear view mirror is your screen. Your backup camera. Well, your backup camera. But what's cool about it is 
when you have cargo in the back, mm-hmm. you can still see behind you. So you flip your mirror. It's actually a video screen. Okay. So if there's people's heads, if there's cargo in the bed, if there's blocking it, it'll use the camera behind you as your rear view camera. No kidding. Yeah, Nissan has that on the Armada also. Really cool technology. And then also powertrain. Um, we don't know uh, everything about it. It will have the 5.3. We'll have the 6.2 uh, and the optional 3-liter turbo diesel, the new inline 6. But... Uh, don't know what power levels are or if there will be some differentiation. It sounds like with this generation of Sil- uh, Sierra that they're really trying to t- be a step above Silverado finally and stand on their own with some, some additional technology. And But by the looks of it, the Denali, pretty solid, pretty solid effort. And then Chevy also, they're re-entering the medium-duty market, which is pretty cool with their new uh, 4,500 and 5,500 uh, Silverados. So uh, big-ass chassis cab trucks coming back. So you may remember them in the past as a Kodiak or a Topkick. That medium-duty vehicle is coming back from your Chevy dealer. So, riddle me this, Batman. Why is a medium-duty bigger than the HD, the heavy-duty that I drive? Like, that is bass-ackwards. So, a a medium-duty, I've never understood that. I'm sure it was rooted in logic at some point somewhere. It it was. So, so heavy-duty is a marketing term for the consumer truck. Medium-duty is lesser than a heavy-duty, like, semi-truck. So, those classes of vehicle in the commercial market... It's a medium duty. In the consumer market, the heavy duty, which is your one ton, your 3,500, that's the top dog. But but I don't see, you know, uh, uh, guys driving big rigs, Peterbilt and Kenworth, calling their trucks a heavy duty. Well, those are semis. I think so, 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 the, so the term heavy duty doesn't even apply in the commercial those market. Those are mega duty. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. I do. But I, I can't help you with so this. So medium duty is kind of a medium duty is a worthless term. Well, I mean, to you and me, if we're not business owners in a fleet environment, but it means something to the fleet owner. And so medium duty. There's no freaking heavy duty. Yeah, it's, it's like a 3500. Like <laughs> no, but it's. I get it. I know what you're saying. All right. All right. Next. And, <laughs> and then uh, I don't know if you uh, checked out on fourwheeler.com. Did you see the cow that got splattered at 112 miles an hour? No. Oh, what? Man. <laughs> Yeah. What happened? Yeah, so there's a, a trophy truck driver, and he has his onboard camera, okay. and he was racing, and he hit a cow at 112 miles an hour. <laughs> I, I feel like, okay, so we're making, all right, hold on a second. Let me get to this story right, real quick. You looked at that, but we're making light of this, but really this is A, sad, and B, disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and drove a, hun- a ton of views. Hold on a second, but a hun- how, how fast? 112. Caused him to roll. Well, I was going to say 112 miles per hour, that totals the vehicle. Yes. That's where you're glad that you're wearing a Hans device, right? This is a head-on collision. And that, that cow, do we have any idea what the weight was? <laughs> Big. Both okay. It did, total the, uh, the to- uh, it did total the trophy truck. It was a 6,000-pound, number 91, Terrible Herps Monster Energy trophy truck. Still rolling. Oh, they're still rolling. Yeah, they're still rolling. They're done now. And I can't even see your screen. I'm just imagining this. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Are they upside down? Uh, they no, upside they, down they, they, they landed right side up. They did. But uh, both guys were okay. Truck definitely totaled. Cow totaled. But it's one of those things. I mean, that's can desert you see racing. The, is it, can you see that? Before I watch this video, Yeah. because I'm not sure I want to see this video, yeah. even though it's on our Facebook page now. Yeah. Is the is the it, how many pieces is the cow in? And can I? Oh, see I mean, it? it just it it vaporizes. Like the cow just goes. Poof. 
Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, it's just, there's no cow. I mean, I'm sure if you you got out of the truck with your camera, but this is an in-car video. Okay. They hit the cow, and it just, pfft. Oh, man. I did that to a bird once. I was driving on the way to Payson, Arizona, and I was towing, doing about 65, and a, one of those birds came low across the highway in front of me, and I remember it hitting the front of the truck, and I looked in the rearview mirror, Oh, it was just a puff of feathers. It's like, oh, I feel so bad. <laughs> it's just amazing. Like I didn't try to do it, but then looking back, I'm like, I mean, just in the way like the world and physics works, still interesting. <laughs> <laughs> sure, well, looking at it through that lens. Yeah, right. After they rolled, another truck kind of came and tapped them, but I, I think everybody everybody was fine. Anyway, there's some quotes from the guys on uh, on Four Wheeler Network, um, fourwheeler.com, and uh, you know one of the one of the funny things they said was. We finally stopped crashing, and my immediate instinct was to get the hell out of the truck after asking JT if he was okay, which he was. As I was climbing out, I realized we were in the middle of the course, and I started panicking. 6,000-pound trucks were coming at us full tilt, and I ran as far as I could up the road to try and slow down the oncoming cars. So, I mean, I mean, if it, you know, not a lot of people got desert racing, but it is intense. If you just hit a cow at 112 and you're in the middle of the course, it gets really intense really fast. I cannot even imagine that the, the, the dust and the, you're still, well, remember the, the adrenaline that's going through your he, body. At he that was point. going 112 when he hit it, right? So he's on a section of course, other guys are going 112, right? And he has to get out and flag them down and go, dude, you know, slow down, slow down, slow down. There's a wreck up By ahead. the time they see you, it's too late. Yeah, I mean, you're on the brakes fast, and obviously off-road you don't brake as fast as you do on the highway and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, but, my Lord. Uh, just crazy. So it's a really interesting story. So, I, yeah, the, the, the cow, ouch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's a bad way to go. Uh, time for our next guest, Fred Williams, co-host of Dirt Every Day. I loves me some Fred. Hello? Fred! <laughs> We're sorry. Your call cannot be heard. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Fred? It's uh, Lightning what? and Holman from the Chuck Show podcast. What are you guys doing? We are uh, recording a podcast. <laughs> we're in a small room in Santa Ana, California, and we're recording a podcast. Yes, that's what that's what we're doing. But I'm I'm Excellent. excited to talk to you, dude. You're my, you're my new hero. Why? What did I do today? Uh, what, did, see, what did I do today? <laughs> exactly. It wasn't yesterday. It's today. Before we can before we can talk to you, Fred, we got to bring you on uh, with our your official, intro with our official intro. Yo, the truck show. <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Truck Show. Who <laughs> How do you like your intro there, Fred? Oh, that's that's awesome. You guys, you guys, you did that all by yourself? Uh, yeah, no, I had a little bit of help. We had some help. We're a couple of idiots, just like you guys. So let's first talk about uh, Fred's show. He is yep. co-host on Dirt Every Day, which is part of Motor Trend. You can get yep. it on. Uh, iTunes, you can get. It. I mean, er- everywhere, pretty much yeah. these days, right? Yeah. By the way, can you can I get Motor Trend on my Xbox? Do you know? I believe I you can. Am I, am I making you look bad because you don't know the I answer? Have, I have no idea. Gotcha. I'm gonna say yes. I, I just assume everybody does everything on their telephone these days. I do, which is why we're calling you. I was I was <laughs> right. crunching and watching episodes last night in bed you we're know, act- on my phone. Well, yes, it is. In fact, right now, today, actually not today, I guess yesterday, they made the big announcement that um, the shows are all on Motor Trend On Demand. And the way it works is in the future, 
our new episodes will not be on YouTube. Right. So but, basically, in the past, you were able to see a lot of our shows like Roadkill and Dirt Every Day on YouTube. They're moving over to the Motor Trend app. And uh, but I, I understand that some of the legacy episodes will stay there, and once the show is a year old, it'll go on there. But if you yes. want to see it, go to the app and see all the new. If ones. you want the new episodes, yes. you got to go to Motor Trend to yes. the app, right? Okay. So cool. if you subscribe, and right now it's like super cheap to subscribe. It's like three bucks. Um, yeah, they're running a special you, right now. Yep. Why would we watch Dirt every day? What kind of awesome things are you up to these days? Oh, uh, let's see. Last week I was in Washington, and we built a snowmobile out of a 2007 Chevy truck. We put a supercharger on it. We put, <laughs> we put skis on the front. We built these kind of chain track things in the rear, and we went out in the snow and tried to dominate. So tell everybody the premise of Dirt Every Day. Obviously, that started. Uh, you came from the same place I did, from the magazine world. You were at Peterson's Portland Off-Road for a gazillion years and the editor at one point. And Dirt Every Day was sort of something we did on the magazine side, and it morphed into the show. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of the history and talk about the premise of the show. All right, so the original Dirt Every Day uh, verbiage, like the the, lo- the name, came from when uh, David Freiberger and Rick Payway used to do old Jeep trips. They would fly somewhere, buy a Jeep, fix it up, drive home, and on the trip home, they would hit dirt every day. And then Freiberger started Roadkill, and I was on one Roadkill episode. We did a cheap truck challenge episode. And I went to the guys in charge and was like, you guys need an off-road show. Like, all this drag racing and testing new cars, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, it's pretty lame. It's just like driving around circles. Where the thing about off-road stuff is like there's a third dimension. Like, we drive up things. We drive down things. There's dust. There's like... It's just a different terrain. Like the stuff that's on asphalt just gets old as far as I'm concerned. Well, and I don't see the so, guys at Roadkill lifting a Winnebago and putting no. giant tires on it. You know what? Right. It, it, but also this this show about uh, it, you and, and it's David, right? Your co-host? Yeah, um, Dave Chappelle. Dave. So, and not that not that Dave Chappelle, right? <laughs> right. Because uh, exactly. that, that would be quite a show if you could get that <laughs> yeah, Dave right. Chappelle. Well, we, this Dave Chappelle is pretty good. Yeah, we tried to see if we could get the comedian Dave Chappelle to be on, but it would have cost all of our salaries <laughs> and, and then come on some. for like five yeah. minutes. Yeah. So you, um, you guys have a unique dynamic. So people often comment, I'm lightning and we've got Holman uh, across the table from me. They're like, Oh, you guys have some great, you know, you, you work well together. You sound good. You guys, you and Dave have your own language. So oh, I yeah. watched the Winnebago episode last night and you have lingo that is, it's 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 childish, like I love it, but it's, you've got your own phraseology that I can't get enough of. I, I swear, and I, I I swear to you, it's it's hilarious. Dave and I have been friends for a long time, and yeah, we just kind of had the same humor, and like even when we're working on something and we get mad at each other about what we're doing, <laughs> like we usually kind of figure it out pretty quick. Like we were building the. One of the first big project episodes Dave was on, we put a, a five liter Cummins V8 in a 73 uh, Roadrunner. We built this Mad Max car. <laughs> the Mad yeah, Maxes. Yep. I saw and, that Mad um, Maxes, by the way. That yeah. was one of the episodes you can, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, that car is on display down in San Diego at the Auto Museum right now. I think I saw that car. Was that at SEMA last year? I think I saw it yep. uh, this last November at SEMA, yep. yeah. So Dave and I, we, like, we work on projects 
and we're usually under the gun to such a point that we're like stressing out how we're going to get done and we'll argue over the way to do it but we always kind of just figure out all right there's your way there's my way which way can we actually get done the fastest and that's the way we go with so it it all seems to work out just because we're both stressed and trying to get the thing done because we usually film a whole episode in five to seven days okay and why these deadlines? Because so many, like you're overhauling all these, they're like the producers, like you need to have this done in seven days because <laughs> we need the pressure of the clock ticking. It sounds well, like that's so much of that the, seems like BS. What? Why do you guys have? I, I was watching one of the episodes. I don't remember what, and I was like, we have 36 hours to finish. So I'm like, why? Well, part of it is because we have a camera crew there, and you're paying and, them by the by the day, right? Day right, right? Like Dave and I, we would build trucks all day long if we if we could. But the thing is, like. The camera crew guys, some of them are into the off-road thing, and some of them are just camera guys. And so they get kind of – they're like, yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> Can we go home now and take a shower? We're in Johnson right. Valley again. <laughs> yeah, so we, we drag them out in the snow. We drag them out in the desert, and we make them do stupid stuff. But they, Good for them. Yeah, we try to keep everybody happy. Like the thing I've learned over 75 episodes is you keep the crew happy. You, you take them for like a good meal when – things all done and it all kind of goes well like you I, oh the other thing you always get them good coffee in the morning you, yeah you, those guys love coffee oh yeah well dave and i love coffee and we just like to make sure the crew drinks a lot of coffee and they're all happy and then <laughs> and, like, and, as long as we're as long as we're all having fun it all works have out. you had any crew stories where one of your crew guys gets injured on the job like you've run over him or anything like that or i guess no. you, you wouldn't talk about that right <laughs> We don't, try, we don't try to run anybody over. What? Um, you, not wait, 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 wait. But like, Lightning was upset because we were talking about the uh, the trophy truck that hit the cow at 112 miles an hour in the last segment, and now he's like, hey, do you run over your cameraman? No, like, what? What's wrong with I'm you? I'm just curious because the cameramen are oftentimes in harm's way. You True. Know? Like, they're trying to get the shot, yeah. and, and they're out there in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the guy's just, it's a camera dude standing out there in the middle of the desert. Who knows? Rattlesnake gets him, something like that. I, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> we we were towing a boat through the woods and the boat came off the trailer and almost hit a camera guy. But see? I kind of warn, I kind of warn all of them. I'm like, look, if you see us like coming at you, drop the camera and run like, Get behind the more. tree. Right. And I try to tell them like, don't stand downhill from us. Right. I mean, we've had some wrecks where we've smashed things and I had a camera guy like suffer from heat stroke early on. But you kind of just like you try to keep everybody hydrated. You kind of take we have a girl that's a producer on our show and she's really good. She'll shut the whole thing down and be like, make everybody eat lunch. Because, <laughs> like the Dave dead mother want to go. Yeah, we just want to go four wheeling. And those guys just want to shoot the film and have and lunch. We all. Yeah, we all kind of forget to like eat and drink water. And she's pretty good. She's like behind the scenes. Like keeping us all in line, keeping us all healthy. So another question for you, Fred, is that you have an ongoing. I don't know what. Who, who are you or Dave a furry? Like, what's up with the dude in the purple uh, furry uh, uh, like jumpsuit or whatever that thing is that pops up in every episode? I don't. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. What? Oh, he's he's screwing with me. He's got to be screwing with me. What do you mean? No, I don't. The, the pink furry. Are you talking about, I think that was, wasn't that Lieberman in one of the ads? No, I was watching, he's in the back of the Winnebago, and then what? he's- No, he, no, you don't know. Dude, no. I don't really, 
Are you sure you're watching Dirt every day? Yes. No, he's watching Dirt every other day. No, uh, I'm serious. Are you guys both yeah. screwing with me? What? I've, I've never. <laughs> I, I've, I've no I don't know what you're talking about, about either. About. Oh, this sucks. This just, sucks. You're both just, messing with me. That's we're weird. We're just building trucks and playing. With <laughs> Why would you bring something weird like that up? See it, now, uh, see now, you're going over the top, and now I know you got, you're, a, you're messing you got with awkward me. on us. Is oh, what you no. guys. I've known Fred for like 15 years, and uh, I've never seen. Anything I, like I that. can appreciate your keeping the inside joke inside. I, I can appreciate well, that. Don't know. What you're talking about. <laughs> I, I can. I can tell you that one of the things that I really like about doing this show and the audience that we have is there's lots of little kids that watch the show. And so anything we can do that kind of gives the kids something fun to check out and like gets them excited about trucks and four by fours. Um, like I love when I meet a little kid and he's stoked to tell me his favorite episode or like why he watches it. And I, I get messages from like moms and dads all the time where they're like, I like letting my kid watch your show cause you don't swear and you're not, yep. you're not, you don't have a bunch of attitude. You're just there like having fun and doing, doing fun stuff and building monster trucks. And that's what kids like. So I've actually seen kinda, this happen. So, yeah. you know, Fred being part of a part of our group and stuff and, and coming from the magazine side, he's done um, a ton of, uh, you know, like poster signings and things like that. And I remember at off-road expo a couple years ago, a little guy came up to you and the the dad shook your hand and said just that said you know this is a family show he this is a hobby i like he got into it uh, i can trust you know leaving him to watch your show we we bond over it and it was actually really cool because you know we've known each other a long time and and to kind of see you take a different route and grow in the video side and actually get this following and 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 see the respect from your fans i thought it was pretty cool i i've definitely yeah. seen it live and it's awesome i i met a guy at an off-road event once and he said he said, my kids watch your show. Could you do me one favor? And I was like, what's that? He's like, instead of saying ass, can you say butt? <laughs> Interesting. And I, and I was like, yeah, I can totally do that. Like, it's, it's the type of stuff where I'm like, I don't need to curse to do what we're doing. Like, and if I do, I'm like, I tell them to bleep it out. It's like, look, it's not something that, like, kids need to hear. And, like, we're just there to have a good time. And we're not very the stuff doesn't go right. It's not like, like, I mean, we're, I mean, seriously, like there's diesel brothers, which I guess are now technically our brothers. Cause we're all part of this discovery family, but those guys, they'll build a truck. And then like the host will like leave and go, I don't know, ride jet skis or do play golf or whatever those guys do. And then they come back and there's like 30 guys working on the truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. Like there's Dave and me building something and like we've had many times where we've gone out and it's caught on fire or it would not work or like it just didn't have any power. There was fuel problems. But like that's the way real four wheeling is like yep. the whole name of the game is go out, have a good time, drive your truck around. Don't worry about too much. And when it breaks, figure out a way to fix it. There or is there just, is honesty in your show yeah. and integrity that doesn't exist in some of the other shows. That's that's for damn sure. Your enthusiasm over off-roading is infectious. I got to say this. So uh, I've recently, I've, I've driven a, an off-road truck, but I haven't really been off-road. It's kind of, I've always, it's, my trucks have always been, this is lightning speaking, more mall yep. crawlers. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm upfront about that. I'm a little embarrassed, but I haven't had time in my career to go out and really pursue serious off-roading. And if I yep. break something, I'm scared to death it's going to cost me a ton of money to fix it because I don't really have the skills, the chops to go and get under there and, and TIG weld something back together, whatever. And um, you guys do, and you're having so much fun. 
on Dirt Every Day, it's it literally is infectious. After I watched well, a couple episodes, I wanted to watch all of them, and I didn't really. You even... want to take your bro dozer out to the desert and then pound on it? Didn't but you? I do. I I, I I envy these. I'm uh, these guys. I'm I'm a little jealous of them. The fun they get to have, yeah. and they're 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 super smart. They're they they appear carefree, although I not I know they're not really carefree. Um, and the the fun they're having together is kind of a a, a duo. I don't know. It's they they play off each other really well. It's a really fun show. Unlike us, because we suck. <laughs> <laughs> We're better than we are. That's for damn sure. So I have a question, Fred. You know, you, yeah. you're on episode seventy five now. Um, you've got to by now have some of your favorites. And I, I listen. I, we all know how project vehicles get built, especially on the timeline. Some of them are better than others. What are kind of your favorite truck builds that you've done? The ones that came out surprisingly well, and then really ended up being bigger than the sum of the parts. Right? It, it really ended up being something that people identified with or they always ask you about and it's like the few that you're really proud that you guys were able to pull off on the tv show my daily driver right now is the wagoneer that we rescued from a cabin in a episode where we were up in washington and it's it's kind of crazy because it's not really super modified but it's my favorite thing to drive but i'd say the projects that we really nailed it on was the Mad Maxis was awesome. The the Jeep that we drove underwater, Tube Sock, Tube the sock. TJ. Yeah, that was awesome. That was so awesome. I didn't, I, I didn't see that one. So let's just pause there. Yeah. I, I want to hear about the rest, but tell me about Tube Sock. Like what? So this TJ, I bought one year to go to Moab, and it was like, I'm going to build this thing, take it to Moab, come home and sell it. Well, it didn't work that way at all. Like I took it to Moab, then we shipped it to Hawaii and took it four-wheel in there, and then we decided I, w- I really wanted to do an episode where I drove underwater and the guys from Cummins were like, Hey, we have a new crate engine. We want to put it in the Jeep. You drive underwater. And we did, we put this thing in the Jeep. We drove it underwater. We got completely stuck. So we literally had to do it twice. <laughs> it is our biggest episode ever. Like I think there's some 7 million views on that thing. Wow. <laughs> Dude, huge. Yeah. It was like one of the top, I mean, that is the pinnacle right there. Like every episode since then has been like, all right, how is this going to compare to driving underwater? So we are looking at doing some more things with that Jeep um, to try and like raise the bar again. But you don't so, feel, Fred, do you feel like it's, I, I don't want you to go down the monster garage route where it just becomes silly for the, you know what I mean? Like a caricature of itself. Oh, your builds yeah. have been all functional. Yeah, we try. I mean, like the the motorhome, <laughs> so <was> awesome. <laughs> but it was like really an easy build, for as far as we're concerned. Like this thing had a beam front axle. We put a Dana sixty up there. We hung a divorce transfer case. Had custom drive shafts made, and we were driving it. And it was like this is insane. Like we, this seems like it should be a huge, like a much bigger project. But it worked. It doesn't turn very well like it feels like it will like it literally feels like it'll fall over but going fast like bombing through the whoops in that thing was a blast well so. it, for you guys who you're, you're picturing a winnebago going over whoops you need to watch i think it's the latest episode correct Holy, yeah that yeah. Uh, so it's the latest episode of dirt every day is it on 40s or 44s fred uh 42 inch pit. Or 42s. Okay. <laughs> it, it's awesome. Winnebago. So you guys were going through the whoops. Were you out in Johnson Valley? Is that where you were? Out? Yeah. 
Okay, okay. That's kind of our our easiest destination. That's your stopping ground. To get to. So yep. so you were out there and you got these kind of uh, uh, rocking horse motion and you were off the ground probably it looked like <laughs> from the camera angle I don't know three four feet on your front wheels. Uh, if I were yeah. inside, I mean you guys are like inside of a bunking inside the bunking Bronco, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it was nuts. It was it was so much fun and it's one of those vehicles that. We're like, all right, what do we do with this thing now? Because it doesn't <laughs> run. It, like, smells bad inside. I mean, <laughs> yeah, was, like an old motorhome. It's well, like dude, a they, they, they pulled out the bed. They're like, what yeah. happened on this bed? If and you was, haven't yeah. seen it yet, we'll put it on the uh, At Truck Show podcast on Facebook. We'll, we'll put a link up. But think of a, I don't know what year is it, mid-70s? It's a... Yeah, it's a... 75. So exactly, mid-70s, 75, Winnebago is a Brave with the eyebrow on it. It has 42-inch <laughs> tires and a lift on it. It's so badass. And oh, it, yeah. it looked insane. Now, where does it run and where is it? Um, it sort of runs. <laughs> <laughs> so I live, I live kind of in like north of L.A., out in the boonies. And I have a bunch of trucks here. We filmed the episode at my place. I won't. I don't usually broadcast where it is, but I've had people show up here. And so the the RV is sitting there, is sitting here now. I don't know what we're gonna do with it, but um, there's talk of doing something else with it. Or you know. <laughs> so, your your, your house has got to look like a carnival of automotive rejects. Like this has got to oh, be insane. Yeah. The mulligans <laughs> of the truck world, right? Yeah. But you know, the the, the Winnebago is cool because it just makes people smile. Like it's one of those things where kids see it, and it. I don't care if you're a truck guy or not. You see that thing, and you're like, it just makes me smile. It just makes me happy because uh, somebody's so crazy they went and actually did that to a Winnebago. I think I think that Winnebago needs uh, like a Hellcat crate engine and some giant shocks and i think we could really go have a good time with it yeah you think <laughs> take, take it on to cage a... cage the winnebago and yeah, throw a hellcat motor <laughs> take exactly. it on a short course track right oh my god exactly so awesome can you imagine the panels no, falling no, no. off the side king of the hammers every man <laughs> challenge <laughs> oh we my could, lord we could have somebody in the back making like steak dinner while we're racing it'd be perfect <laughs> So dirt every day on Motor Trend. Yep. Right. Yep. Just, just Google it; it'll pop right up, or you know, go on your iPhone and your Android and uh, download There's... the app, and that's where you're going to watch Dirt every day. You're going to love them, and then you're, and if you watch too many episodes, you're going to start talking like Fred and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Stuff, right. will, stuff will be rad. I love that. That's that's their show like mission statement. Stuff will be rad. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, I told you, you're you're my hero. That's how I started the interview, and that's how I'm going to close it. You're my hero. Thanks, buddy. Cool. Appreciate let's, it, man. All right, let's go four wheeling. All right, anytime. I think uh, we could scare the uh, the the butt off of Jay if we took him out. <laughs> Dude, I'm in. I'm oh, so yeah. in. I'm not just saying. I'm not giving you lip service. I'm in. All right, well, let's figure All something right. out, and we'll we'll see if we can get lighting out there, and you and I can uh, make him make him cry. Maybe it'd be fun. Cool, cool. Talk to you I, guys I, soon. I would prefer not to cry if that's okay. <laughs> let's just go have fun. <laughs> All Thanks, right. Fred. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. So how rad was that having uh, Fred Williams from Dirt Every Day on? I, I think so. Here's the thing: we're we're affiliated with with his show and with yeah through the company know, through the company yep. and right right, but loosely affiliated because we're sort of this small skunkworks operation that nobody knows about. But we're, <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> but where it's like, how do you how do you uh, market and spread the word of your your podcast without management really understanding what you're doing? Yeah. So <laughs> you have people on that are more famous than you. Right? We're, we're in the pod cave shows. right now that nobody knows exists. Would you call it the pod cave? The pod cave. <laughs> Ooh, we need that on the door outside. We can do it. Yeah, we're gonna turn the air conditioning on. It's hot in here. Hot, hot as balls. Oh my lord. <laughs> 
Oh my god, is that the end of it? It is. Outro. It was a good show. Episode three. Absolutely. Hey, we need your email. Ask us questions. Yeah. Truck show podcast at gmail.com. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Whoa, whoa. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or on Google Play and give us five stars, please. Yes. Not three, not four, five. five. <laughs> good show. <laughs>